1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here with you until 8 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for week five, kicking off tonight. With the Patriots and the Colts, you can find me at scoutfantasysports.com. My article for today is up, the Week 5 sit player, so a few players with more difficult matchups that you should consider putting to your bench. And obviously, league context is important because if you're in a 14-team league or a deep league where you have bi-week issues and injuries, obviously you don't have to sit these players. And I think that sometimes people get confused with that when they read that article and To be honest, I don't like doing the article because it's all depending on your league and what you have. You know, yeah, these guys have difficult matchups, but they could also go off. We've seen it numerous times. We've seen wide receivers going up against tough corners, and they come through. And same thing with running backs. So it's just basically, you know, especially if you're in a more shallow format, if you have better options, maybe you think these guys are not that bad, and— you know, I put some information and stats out there, and then you can see for yourself. We have our fantasy football wide receiver matchup reports. This is a really good tool here to use, and uh, you should check it out. So it shows how teams match up against wide receiver ones, wide receiver twos, and you know this could really pay off in DFS. You know, you look and you see these teams struggling against wide receiver twos, and it helps you lead you lead you to a guy like Calvin Ridley, Tyler Board over the last couple weeks. So. It has how teams do against number one wide receivers, number two wide receivers, other receivers, tight ends, and running backs. And especially now that we have four games of data for most teams, it's really useful. So you can check that out, scoutfantasysports.com. Of course, Dr. Roto's latest podcast is up there, as well as his Thursday night preview. Our uh, points allowed by position, snap counts, targets reports, all that stuff is on the site. And of course, if you have any specific questions specifically for your league, Come join us, scoutfantasysports.com. Ask your questions on the message boards and forums. And also check out Scout DFS. We'll bring in Steve Renner from Scout DFS for the final two segments to go over the slate for the weekend. Also, uh, it was announced today, check out fantasyfootballatc.com. I'm going to be a part of this. It's a cruise to the Bahamas, August 12th to the 16th, 2019. So there's plenty of time to book this, but this is going to be tremendous. Andre Reed is going to be a part of it. Pilar Lastra, former Playboy Playmate. Uh, Paige DeMocos as well. So uh, Jake Arians, the son and former NFL kicker of Bruce Arians, and a lot more. So this is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to this. And I uh, just went on my first cruise, in fact, in May. And it was really fun and now a fantasy football cruise and there's so much to do on the ship so this is going to be a lot of fun we'll have drafts panels and I'll get to hang out with you guys as well so you can check it out fantasyfootballatsea.com make sure you uh, book it now lock in uh, you know those special prices you know the earlier you do it and you know many people go on vacation in the summer this is going to be a lot of fun I'm looking forward to it I cannot wait Uh, Let's take a look at some of the news for tonight's game. Everybody was waiting on this. Rob Gronkowski is active tonight against the Colts. So it's difficult to bench Gronkowski. Now, we have kind of seen this from him before in the past where he's a little banked up going into a game and he didn't produce. I know what happened, I think, last year. He might have actually had a zero, if I'm not mistaken. But the problem is the tight end landscape is so brutal right now. I think it was, yeah, I think I'm looking. Oh, no, that was the Jets last year. I don't know. I thought there was a game where he barely played. Uh, Maybe it was a couple years ago then. I don't see it from last year. But the bottom line with Gronk is the tight end landscape is so bad right now, it's difficult to sit him. I mean, how many tight ends do you have that are clearly better than Gronk at this point? So I can give you one instance where I do have Gronkowski. It is in the Fantasy Football World Championship online beat Adam Ronas League that we did out in Vegas, and I kind of regret it right now because I had said at the time I was picking one, and I didn't have any exposure to Rob Gronkowski. I just don't take tight ends that early. They really have to fall or become value. Uh, I did take Travis Kelsey in one league this year, and that was because it was fourth round ninth pick. At that point, I really didn't love anyone on the board, and he should not have fallen that far. Obviously, it has worked out so far. With Gronkowski, I said, you know what? They have a lot of, they're lacking weapons. Gronkowski's healthy going into the year. Uh, maybe he'll have this big season. I haven't taken him anywhere. Eh, let me take a shot here. And so far, I regret it. So, because I passed on a couple good players I could have taken instead. Now, who knows? Maybe I would have wound up with a tight end later that got hurt, even though I wasn't taking Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, Evan Ingram that this year. I, I kind of avoided that tier. So, I don't know what I would have gotten later. and Maybe it would have been worse. Uh, but I probably would have taken Adam Thielen instead, and obviously that would be way better for my team right now. But the fact that Gronkowski is active means you're probably going to play him, even though he might be a little limited. Yes, there's the concern about this being a blowout because the Colts are in bad shape here. They come into this game banked up. It is a short week. They are on the road. They just played an overtime game. Uh, They are really hurting on the defensive side of the football. And, of course, Julian Edelman returns for the Patriots as well. So uh, this could be a a blowout. But if you have Gronkowski, I think you're using him in most instances. I just don't see uh, many cases where you are going to sit him. Adam Vinatieri is active as well, if you were pinning your hopes on him as the kicker. So uh, Gronkowski is the big news for tonight's game. He is active. Let's take a look at some of the other news going on right now across the NFL. Man, the Packers receiving core is decimated right now. No one has officially been ruled out yet, but Devontae Adams did not practice today due to a calf injury that he sustained during Wednesday's practice. So you always are leery of players getting injured during the week. So we'll have to see. Maybe Adams returns to practice tomorrow or is limited, but there's a chance he doesn't play. Of course, Randall Cobb dealing with a hamstring injury, did not play last week, and he said he wasn't close to playing. Sounds like he is going to be out this week as well. And Geronimo Allison is still in the concussion protocol. So right now it's not looking good for that Packers receiving core. So Marquel's Valdez, Scantling, he was a big pickup last night across the high-stakes leagues in many leagues. Uh, I wasn't able to get him. I did put in bids. I'm pretty good at wide receiver in most leagues. Really not too desperate at this point. But I think he's someone you're going to be looking at this week if the Packers are this shorthanded. We'll see if they move Ty Montgomery to the slot a little bit and use him a little bit more. So a lot of questions here with the Packers. Is uh, Aaron Rodgers actually has not been great for fantasy so far. The numbers across football are up. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's even reached top ten in a game yet this year. Now we know he's banged up. He's been also frustrated with uh, some of the things going on there. Rodgers has yet to throw for 300 yards in a game. He has been held to two or fewer touchdowns. Well, he has two games of one touchdown, one with multiple and one with three. That was in week one when he came back against the Bears. So Rodgers has not put up big numbers so far this year. We are taking your calls, and we have someone on the line right now. Let's go to Tom in Chicago. Yeah,
1: you know what? I got a 10-team 10, 10 uh, PPR
0: Uh, I got two running backs to play. I just kind of wanted to see which two you would pick out of the uh, six. Okay. I got uh, Naeem Hines
1: tonight, uh, Melvin Gordon, Delvin Cook, Chris Thompson, Alex Collins, and Austin Eichler. And that's a 10 team PPR. Obviously, I was Gordon no matter what. Absolutely. I was pretty much looking to fill the other spot
0: with one of those five. Yeah, Gordon is a lock. The other guy I'm going to go with is Chris Thompson. Uh, I know he's coming off a down game, but that was game flow where the Redskins were up the entire way. The first two games, you saw how much Thompson was involved. And I know the Redskins' defense is playing well, but this looks to be a game where they're going to have to keep up with the Saints here. And that means you'll see a lot of Chris Thompson on the field. Unless you think the Redskins are going to blow the Saints out, and I don't, Uh, You'll see a lot more Chris Thompson, and you saw in week two where he had 14 targets and 13 receptions. He had six receptions in week one. So we're going to see a lot of Chris Thompson in this game, in the passing game, here against the Saints. And uh, so Thompson would be the guy I go with. Dalvin Cook, I cannot play him. He did not practice again today. I said it on yesterday's show. I wrote it on scoutfantasysports.com. I have Dalvin Cook. I think in one league, I'm not playing him. We'll see what happens tomorrow, but he clearly isn't healthy. He said it. He probably shouldn't have come back last week. Uh, Austin Eckler, I like, and he's been producing every week, but he's not a must start. Uh, you know, I use him yeah, as my RB two. Yeah, is. no, I mean look, there are some instances where you can use both. You know, I use Eckler in a fourteen team league as my RB two, but not in a ten where you have better options where, who are guaranteed more touches. And Alex Collins is someone that you're gonna you're probably you're probably 50-huh. Yeah, I mean, this week he did not he did not practice today, but then a report came out that he's probably going to play. But the other thing is that he did fumble last week at the goal line, and after that fumble, we did see a lot more Buck Allen. But it does sound like Collins is going to play. But in your scenario, I'm going with Melvin Gordon and Chris Thompson. Yeah, I was between Thompson and Hines, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, Hines is in a good spot tonight, too. Obviously, they're going to throw the football quite a bit tonight, and I know he's coming off a good game last week, but – uh, I still think Thompson is in a better offense, and we know his skill set and what they do there in Washington. So I give Thompson the edge. But there are scenarios where people are going to play Heinz tonight, and it'll be interesting to see if this Colts offense can keep up here with New England because the Colts are just so banged up on the defensive side. Uh, so other news going on right now. As I mentioned with Alex Collins, Tom Pelissero is reporting that The missing the Thursday practice was precautionary and they expect Collins to be good to go against the Browns. So, you know, he's not a must start this week. We obviously have seen Buck Allen get more work. I have Alex Collins in one league right now. I do not have him penciled into the lineup. I probably might use Buck Allen in a league or two where I have him. So we'll just have to kind of wait for this, some more news. And and that's the key. You know, we're, we're getting a lot of questions on the message boards and which is fine. But if you're at, if you're asking me, you know, who is, you know, with Mixon and all these guys, I can't really answer today. All right, we have another call on the line from Jersey. Who we got? Irv from Jersey, what's up? Irv. Hey, Adam. Adam, what's going how on, are man? Ya? Good, man. Nothing much, man. Good talking to you. You too. Uh, I'm racking my brain here with uh, this tight end question for tonight. I got Ebron,
1: and I got Kittle.
0: It's a non-PPR and I don't, I don't know which way to go because I'm like, Ebron's pretty much the only game in town,
1: but the Patriots know that. And then I thought Kittle's long
0: run last week was kind of
1: fluky. But so where would you go in a, in a non-PPR?
0: Yeah, you know, look, Ebron has been scoring touchdowns every single week. You know, it's crazy the way that they've been looking for him. But you're right, it is kind of a tough matchup here. I'm still gonna to lean towards Ebron. The volume is there. They don't have much. They've been looking for him in the end zone consistently. I really like Kittle's talent a lot. Uh, you're right, though. It was kind of one big play, and uh, otherwise, you know, he was kind of quiet. But he is capable of doing that. And the good thing is, you did see C.J. Beathard look for him. So, you know, it's nice to actually have this problem at tight end because so many teams are hurting at the position right now. Uh, But I think Ebron has a better shot to score a touchdown. Uh, He's been scoring, you know, I think it's what, three out of four. Kittle was his first touchdown last week. I think it is close, and uh, I think you can go either way. But uh, I'm going to lean towards Ebron here. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, look, there's many people right now who are just in dire straits at tight end. I'm probably going to have to start Austin Hooper in the league. I don't feel good about that. Uh, But that's how it is when you have so many injuries at the position. So uh, to have Ebron and Kittle is definitely a good problem to have for those that uh, have that issue. Mentioned Dalvin Cook not practicing today. Certainly concerned with him. I would not be starting him right now unless we get really positive news the rest of the way. Joe Mixon is practicing today on Thursday. He was limited on Wednesday. It looks like he's going to be back, but he has not been cleared yet. So that's why it's hard for me to answer these mixing questions right now. And Gio Bernard actually did not practice today with a knee issue. So um, maybe Mark Walton could be in play this week, although he got hurt at the end of the game last week. I haven't seen any reports on him. But it does sound like Mixon is going to play this week. Again, not official, but it sounds like he'll play this week. Will Fuller dealing with that hamstring injury. He expects to play against the Cowboys. He said he feels good. He's taking it day by day. Keep in mind that that game is Sunday night. But usually, we get good information on Sunday mornings. A lot of the reporters are on top of things, as I've mentioned before. You know, you'll see a lot of tweets from Adam Schefter right around midnight Sunday, meaning Saturday night, East Coast time. You know, one a.m., two a.m., uh, and we'll get the information that these guys are likely to play or likely to sit. Greg Olsen was limited in practice today. He's not going to play this week, but it seems like he could return in week six. So if he is on the waiver wire, sure you can pick him up. But again, I am worried if he can stay healthy. There's a good chance that, you know, he could re injure that foot. So the tight end landscape, as we've discussed, is so bad right now. If you do have him available on the waiver wire, now is the time probably to pick him up. Uh, especially with this news coming out. Corey Clement remains sidelined today. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So uh, Wendell Smallwood and Jay Ajayi will be the main backs this week. Obviously, they split it quite a bit. Ajayi is the better play. Devontae Freeman will play in week five against the Steelers. That's uh, what Dan Quinn said. So Freeman said he feels good and explosive. Probably going to stay away from both running backs this week. Uh, Well, I don't know. They're they're going against the Steelers. It's a great matchup. But, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman didn't do much while Freeman was out. So look for those guys to split. And Edo Smith looked impressive. If one of those guys get hurt again, you know, Edo Smith will be on the radar in deeper leagues. Uh, Broncos coach Vance Johnson-Joseph said he wants Royce Freeman to get more touches. I think everyone is saying that, especially after that touchdown run. But you know Philip Lindsay is playing very well too, so it looks like it's going to be both those guys. Freeman obviously more touchdown dependent and not involved as much in the passing the game, where Lindsay is more involved in the passing the game. And I've been using Lindsay in uh, in a one league uh, as an RB two, uh, as I mentioned. RB two is usually the spot in season long leagues where people are kind of struggling right now. Sammy Watkins was limited in practice on Thursday. Sounds like he's going to play against Jacksonville, but that is a very difficult matchup there. And according to Ian Rappaport of NFL.com, Travis Benjamin will miss two to three weeks with a foot injury. Not that he has much fantasy value, but that certainly opens it up to get Mike Williams more targets. Because we have seen Williams kind of touchdown dependent. I did play Williams in a couple leagues last week, and he let us down. Does have a good matchup this week, though, against Oakland. So Williams always in play for touchdowns each week. When we return, we're going to talk some DFS. Look ahead. To week five, Steve Renner, Scout DFS. He will join me next to break down the slate as we go through the positions. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis. You can find me at ScoutFantasySports.com. Citadel article is up. Of course, our wide receiver matchups tool is up to date. You can check out Dr. Roto's latest podcast and ask those questions on the message boards and forums. Also, check out Scout DFS. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries. Try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joining me now to break down the Week 5 slate in DFS, it is Steve Renner from Scout DFS. Steve, what's going on? How's it going, Adam? Pretty good, man. No complaints here. Uh, I thought we had a great week of play in the NFL last week. A lot of entertaining games, uh, starting with that Thursday night Rams-Vikings game.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny if you had the uh Thursday game stacked last week, you probably thought you were sitting fantastic with all the points out of it, and then uh the storm came on Sunday and just destroyed you. I bet. I mean it was it was nonstop scoring and obviously we saw it in, in uh in the fantasy scores and I, I tell you, I've some people have said, Hey, it's gonna come back to the norm. I think we're seeing kind of the new trend in the NFL and um you know you've got i, I saw a stat i thought it's all like this is the first year in like 25 or 30 years where neither uh jeff fisher or uh john fox were a coach anywhere in the nfl and all of a sudden scoring is up which i thought was a, a funny joke but yeah on that like on DraftKings in particular where you get a full point for ppr now and we see so many teams uh you know kansas city's doing it chicago's doing it the rams are doing it where you know they run kind of that, that college offense, and they get the guys in motion, and they just throw the short little shuffle pass. And fantasy wise, it's I guess you could say it's great because scoring is is up across the board. Uh, but we've seen a lot of cases lately where you know you you really need those guys who are getting those easy receptions. I uh, mean Sterling Shepard was the latest one last week where he got ten catches. A lot of them kind of came in late in the fourth quarter on one drive, but. They're killing value in in daily because of that, and so it's it's fun, it's entertaining, it's it's better than 13 to six football games, but um, it's making things interesting in terms of fantasy and daily.
0: Yeah, for sure. People were saying they scored like 190 and didn't cash on DraftKings. Yeah, it's all relative, though. It's not you know you're comparing those numbers to last year, where as you illustrated, the landscape is different now. So while that seems like it's good, you know the scoring is just higher, and you have to take that into account it's, and, and adjust accordingly.
1: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, the pricing in particular, it's funny, we've always been fun of Fandle in some ways kind of lightly about their, their scoring being where, I mean, the, the pricing being where you could get almost any player. But in some ways, that's actually made Fandle uh, a little bit better than DraftKings this year just because the ownership has gotten spread out because people were able to, to, to diversify. Whereas on DraftKings, lately, like the – through the first four weeks, it seems every week, there's always kind of been that one value play that everyone has been on. And then to, to compound it, that value play has been scoring at least one, if not two touchdowns every single week. And so that's driven up the scoring as well. And you're right, it is all relative. Um, and I think, you know, this week's a little bit better in terms of the, the pricing out there, so it's going to balance things out because it's not just the points in in the NFL that's driving up the, the cash lines, as people say, but it's really the ownership. And that's when you see that the cash lines really get driven up. If, if the high-owned plays don't do well, then the cash lines are going to be low, even if the, the games are
0: high-scoring. Have you altered your approach at all after, you know, seeing we have four weeks of data now, have you kind of changed your approach at all, or you kind of just doing the same old thing, or have you adjusted based on what has changed right now through the first four weeks of the season?
1: Well, I, I think it's important to make sure that you, you treat each week independently because the, the worst thing you can do, and this isn't just football, but it happens in other sports too, but you see something and then you say, okay, all of a sudden I'm, I'm going to change. I'm going to spend at this position or, you know, in some cases, like if we're talking about stacking, maybe I will stack or won't stack. And then the schedule comes out for the next day or next week and you look at it and you go, okay, how do I do that now, right? So you still have to look at the context. The one difference I will say though, is it really doesn't benefit you in a lot of cases to pay up at wide receiver this year. Um, You know, you really want to find those value guys because of what I just talked about with the, you know, it seems like the receptions are are the balls getting spread around more on most teams. Uh, And because teams are throwing the ball short so much, you get really those free points for your second and third receivers who are underpriced. So just in terms of roster construction this year, I've seen that it's it's been a little bit more beneficial to pay up more at running back, pay down more at wide receiver. Um, certainly this week is a good example where maybe that's not always the case, right? You still got to look at it individually. But if there's anything we're going to take away this year, I, I feel like that's the one thing because if you're paying for like a Julio Jones, you've got to get in, in the end zone for a touchdown. And what is Julio not doing? He's not scoring touchdowns. So, it really just doesn't make sense to pay up for the receivers a lot of weeks.
0: He'll score one day, maybe this week. But Eventually, yeah. yeah, probably. Talking to Steve Renner from Scout DFS, how often do you play the Thursday night game in the slate? Obviously, last week it worked out very well. Tonight, Patriots and Colts, Colts are really banked up, coming off an overtime game. Are you? Do you play the Thursday slate often? And if you do, who are some of the guys you're looking at tonight? Or is this a game that you're not feeling?
1: Well, I usually play it for the um, – for the Sunday or the Monday games, right? Because that's, everyone plays, there's always going to be heavier ownership on the guys who are in the Thursday night game. If if there's someone I have a strong feel on, I'll play them. So tonight, I think New England has an easy game. And I think that this is a, a game where they kind of coddle Josh Gordon and they ensure that he gets a touchdown tonight. Uh, I even wrote up in uh, my Monday, Thursday article, I said, I think my prediction is that he scores two tonight. So I do like Gordon there, but I looked at the the Sunday, Monday night games that aren't on the main plate And I try to see if there's a play or, or maybe a game there that I really want to touch on compared to the others. And the only one that stuck out, stood out to me this week was uh, Mark Ingram coming back on, on DK. Uh, I want to say it was 5,100, which to me is too cheap for someone who's coming in uh, the in shape. He should be fresh and the saints really should be able to uh, move the ball on the ground against the Redskins. So, I do play it a little bit. Um, The prize pools haven't been that big there, but it's usually for me, a lot of people focus on that Thursday game because it's right here in front of us. I would look at the Sunday night game or the Monday night game and identify if there's plays in there compared to the main slate that you want to lock in. And, And for me this week, I think Ingram is a good play there.
0: All right, let's take a look at this week's slate, looking at the quarterback position. It seems like we've seen a lot of cheap quarterbacks go off this year, last week, it was Mitch Trubisky. Have you generally tried to get a cheap quarterback uh, on most of your teams, or do you think it's still okay to spend up?
1: No, I've I've always kind of uh, tried to stay in that mid to lower range at, at quarterback. I, I still want to get a guy that's reliable. Um, I feel like overall the, the quarterback scoring is is up this year, and you know, in tournaments you've got to find that guy who's going to get you know, the four or five touchdowns, it, it feels like every week this, this year, uh, more so than, than in years past. But um, I, so I always try to start in that mid-range. That said, um, you know, this week it, it's looking more to me um, like it, it, there's a, a strong difference between what you would do in cash versus maybe a tournament play this week. So a good example um, would be Phillip Rivers uh, against the Raiders this week. He's the second highest-priced quarterback on on DK at, at 6,700. But – that game for me the chargers and, and the raiders i think is going to be fairly high scoring and you have to get some side of the chargers here so you're either looking at rivers um or gordon in cash kind of to, to stabilize to give yourself the floor but that said i don't see rivers for his price necessarily being uh the best point per dollar play whereas someone like blake bortles who's thrown 38 34 45 and 33 attempts to the first four games but two of those, he went over 300 yards. The other two, he went under 200 yards at 5,500. Against the Chiefs, it's a good matchup um, if, if the weather is okay there. He could have a really big game, but I don't think you want to say, well, because he's $1,200 cheaper, I must lock him in uh, kind of as, as a cash or even single-entry quarterback this week. So it, it's somewhere where it's worth taking the shots, but you really want to get the guy um, who's got the, the higher upside when you, when you pay down to make sure that they give you that that value. Because just locking in someone like, to me, a C.J. Beathard at 4900, I'm not really going to go on him that much until I see that he has a really high ceiling.
0: Yeah, it feels like Bortles could be a little popular this week. I mean, the matchup against the Chiefs defense, I know last week they played well, but that's because Case Keenum is playing awful. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in three games. And we've seen Bortles and the Jags be a little bit more dependent on the pass. Without Leonard Fournette, who is out this week, so I think he, I, I think he could be popular this week.
1: He probably will be, right at fifty five hundred, and he's going to be. The Chiefs' people are going to are going to pick on them and think that it's high scoring. I I don't think it's uh, a high scoring game necessarily, but um, he he certainly will be popular. But you know, I don't. Quarterback ownership really gets spread around a lot, and and there's a couple other guys that I think are going to take away some ownership from him just because you're only, I mean, outside of defense, it's the only position where you can only roster one player no matter what. And that alone drives the ownership down a lot on these guys. And um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, portals for me is, is nothing more than maybe than like a, a fourth lineup type play. I have him ranked fourth at uh, quarterback this week. So, you know, we're not getting the 1500 or $2,000 savings on him compared to other guys. Um, I'll give you one example. Matt Stafford.
0: Oh, I love $200 more. Like
1: yeah. I like, I love oh, I love it. I love the game in general. So you look at Stafford, he's gone 323, 361, 347, 385. His last four games against the Packers. Uh, he's got probably as best of a receiving core as he's ever had right now with the emergence of, of Kenny Galladay, who to me is my number one play with him. Marvin Jones has had great games over the, uh, his career against Green Bay. And then of course you get Golden Tate, who's always in play, as we saw last week, whenever he's playing on turf. The other side, Rodgers, has had just as equal of of good games, which would make sense because they've been some fairly high-scoring games when these two teams meet. He's thrown for four TDs these last two games. Hasn't hit the yardage Stafford has, and I think we could see that again this week, certainly with the the receiving core being uh, a mess. But I love both sides of this game, and I think you're going to see Rodgers come in very low. Much lower owned. Very. Yeah, especially if
0: Especially if Adams is out and Cobb and Allison, no one's playing him.
1: Well, no, you're right, because everyone wants to, especially in tournaments, everyone wants to correlate, or at least to, 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 to put their stats in. And I do, too. I like to go quarterback, receiver, and then a receiver on the other side at, at minimum. And, you know, you were touching on before the break, there's no receivers that, that are going to be there on the field. Um, so my one sneaky play with Rodgers this week is actually Ty Montgomery. And he's dirt cheap. We've seen Montgomery kind of step in when they've been thin at wide receiver with guys like Cobb being out. And I think that Montgomery actually has double upside because
0: they'll we not the they, the they, they should exactly. use him in the slot this week.
1: They should. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think even down to the goal line, look, they, they may keep him in the game and, and run with him as well. But I love the Rogers Montgomery combination, which is, is, is one that should be very low owned. Uh, but Back to the Bortles versus Stafford thing, I trust Stafford a lot more playing in a, in a dome environment. Um, you know, neither team runs the ball a ton. And Detroit had a very good run matchup last week, um, or excuse me, two weeks ago into New England. They took advantage of it. And then last week down in Dallas, um, you know, with, with Lee being out was another good one. But I just don't trust the running game there. If, if you're the Lions, I, I think you spread them out and you let Stafford
0: air the ball out this week. I can't recall the salary for Russell Wilson being this low. He is below Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, and Derek Carr in DraftKings. He obviously has not played well. I am concerned he is not running. He has a hamstring injury. His floor is so much lower now that he's not running. Also, Schottenheimer running that offense doesn't help. Is, Ryan, is Wilson a bargain here or a sucker play?
1: I think it's a sucker play because of the running. You, you nailed it on the head. Um, he's not running the ball. And I thought I was willing to take maybe a little bit of a chance with him last week and say, okay, he might be someone you want to consider. And he just, he didn't do it at all. And you could argue that they're going to be behind in this game against the Rams. And so anytime he drops back to pass, it's a dual threat of being able to, um, to run or throw. But I, I'm just not going to touch it this week. I, I've got to see him run before before I want to use him. And, and even then, I've, I've got to see Doug Baldwin consistently perform. Um, I mean, that's that's his main guy, and I still don't trust that he's anywhere near 100%. So I think it's a sucker play. I don't think you touch it. Um, some people might try to get cute because of the name. But we've seen this with Wilson before where he doesn't play well in September and October.
0: No, it's true. I mean, the only thing to me is that they could be playing from behind and he's forced to throw a lot. But even then, uh, it just, it's not a play that I'm looking at this week. Talking to Steve Renner, Scout TFS. let's look at the running back position. And you're right. I think it, basically the blueprint, at least it's been the first four weeks, we'll see if it continues, is get a, these bell cow running backs, pay up for them. Now, we don't have Alvin Kamara on the main slate because he plays Monday night. So Todd Gurley's the most expensive on DraftKings at 9400 Is this the week to pay up for him?
1: I think it is. Uh one fifty two and three touchdowns last year and you've got ten days of rest. Uh it's not the same Seattle defense. I think that the Rams kind of proved last year that that their offense can beat this Seattle team in Seattle, uh and can put up a, a ton of points on them. They're not gonna do what they did last year when they went up there and, and just I think it was like twenty one nothing before anybody knew the game was started, but I would pay for Gurley this week. Uh there's some some cheap running backs. The one thing with running back this week is and really general every week, the the mid-range guys are just not consistent enough at all. And and even this week, you've got... So the Mixon and Bernard thing, well, they kind of cancel each other out. Now, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. It, it's a game that people are going to target, so, yeah, there, there's good upside there, but they kind of cancel each other out. And so nobody's going to trust, um, you know, like a Marshawn Lynch, David Johnson. We're not trusting too much either, and so... Really in that mid range, we're just throwing all those guys out, which really drives us either up or down. And you've got to get one of those top guys this week. And you said no Kamara, no Ezek Elliott. So Todd Gurley, over twenty touches, he'll he'll get plenty of receptions as well. And I think that he scores again uh, this week at least two two touchdowns floor. You've got to get him and you know, the other guy to look at right next to him that I like a lot, I mentioned before with Rivers and in the Finney, uh, the LA game is Melvin Gordon. Uh, who seems to score every game that they play at home? Eighty six hundred, probably not the upside that Gurley has, um, but you know if you're if you're able to find value at receiver, then you should immediately just plug in those two running backs in my opinion this week.
0: Gordon at least thirty DK points in three of four. And if you didn't watch last week's game, go back and watch it. I really think Melvin Gordon broke two hundred tackles. He had some amazing runs last week. So fun to watch. I agree. Uh, Gordon is probably going to be pretty popular this week as well. We have a lot more to get to. We'll continue to go through the running backs, like a look at the receivers, tight ends, and some defenses. When we continue, I'm joined by Steve Renner, Scout DFS. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we have tons of information and content to help you dominate here throughout the fantasy football season. And also check out Scout DFS as well, where you can use the Optimizer to help you get that winning lineup that might have been eluding you the last couple weeks. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payments of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events, where you can make your play at any time during the game. Bet DSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus in your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to DSI and start winning today. Joined by Steve Renner, Scout DFS. Just saw a note that Darius Leonard, the linebacker for the Colts, who's been, I don't, I don't know if you play IDP leagues, but he's been crushing it this year. So he's officially active, but he's not going to play. So I have him on one of my teams. And we have injured reserve. So I can't even put him on injured reserve. So I got to waste a roster oh. spot on him. I don't want to drop him. He's been a stud. He's got 91 points through four weeks. So you, you got to love these Thursday games, man. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> so for those that have uh, Darius Leonard, he's not in the lineup tonight. Uh, He's active, but he's not going to play. The Colts have so many injuries, they can't even put these guys inactive that they have to leave them on the active roster. But we're taking a look here at the Week 5 slate for DFS. We're talking running backs. Now, I I think this guy's going to be real popular this week. Right now, I don't plan on playing him. TJ Yeldon at 5,600. Obviously, Leonard Fournette is out. Yeldon had a good game last week. But we have seen a couple games this year where – he hasn't produced. We saw Corey Grant. I know Corey Grant hasn't done much the last couple of weeks. It's against Kansas City. Are you on Yeldon this week at 5,600 on DK?
1: I, I'm, I'm waffling on him. I'll be honest with you right now. And so I, I mentioned at the beginning about how there's been kind of those value plays that everyone's kind of found, and the value plays have done well many weeks. And Yeldon is that guy this week, right? So he's, he's not efficient, but the opportunity is good. Um, and we would expect kind of the game flow to be to be fairly good for him this week. I personally think that one of my top D plays actually is, is Jacksonville when nobody's gonna play here and I yes. think they're gonna
0: Yeah, I mean I because, they're gonna
1: they're gonna punch him in the mouth.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean they're twenty eight hundred. I mean on DK. Like they, okay, it's yeah. not it's similar. A little bit, not as much. To the Bears last week, the Bears were like I, I played the Bears on, on DK everywhere. They were like tw- I think they were twenty eight hundred going against Tampa. It's like really Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bears defense. You're not going to take that shot. I don't know if it's the the comparison similar because the Chiefs offense has played so steady, but we did see Mahomes struggle in the first half and he did bounce back. But at twenty eight hundred for Jacksonville, I, I think yeah. Take so a shot do you at remember?
1: It. Do you remember the game last year where Jacksonville played at Pittsburgh? And,
0: oh, was that the five pick, Big Ben five pick? Game? Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh Yes. Yeah. And, and I, look, I, I, I was I, I was on Ben in that game. I thought that, that Ben was going to show up and they were going to really give it to Jacksonville and they punched them in the mouth. I think this is the exact same game. Um, you know, that was kind of Jacksonville saying, hey, we are legit. And I think that this is another game here where they're going to be able to completely take away the Chiefs passing game. And that Jacksonville defensive line, I think, is is really going to have a good game here. So, um, but that said, back to to Yeldon, right? If, if that is the case, then that does potentially limit the uh, explosive damage that he could do. I wouldn't play Yeldon without playing Bortles because Yeldon is going to do his damage through the air, and we talked about how cheap Bortles is, and he's either he's either going to go over three hundred yards, it seems like, or under two hundred yards. So. You need that correlation there. Um, you know there are a couple of receivers who I think would, could be a little bit better plays for as one-offs. But I, to me, I'm kind of waffling on Yeldon. I prefer to go at you know up high, go to Todd Gurley, and then I'll go down much cheaper to to Ty Montgomery. And nobody will. will I don't think we'll have this comparison uh, like we mentioned before. But compare Montgomery this week to T.J. Yeldon, and I think that the opportunity again back to that game is. Much better for a guy like Ty Montgomery. Even if you want to go um, Aaron Jones to get someone else on the Green Bay team, because there's so many injuries, that discount you get there is a is a play that I would lean much more to. Um, so, but yeah, Yeldon will be popular, and the other guy is going to be James Conner because, I mean, Atlanta once again is giving up double digit uh, targets and receptions to running backs every week. Conner's still the only guy in Pittsburgh. They're probably going to use as much of them as they can here. Totals up to I think 59, so. Those two guys that are going to be very popular, and I'm definitely leaning away from both of them as of right now.
0: Yeah, I thought maybe people would be box score game log dependent on Connor and maybe shy away, but I guess people are so aware of Atlanta's deficiency against pass catching running backs, and especially like with no Zeke, no Kamara, and looking at this, like there's really not a lot of, a lot of running backs that you love. So uh, you could be right. how about Christian McCaffrey? He's eight thousand. Coming off a bye week, the last time we saw him, he had 28 carries and two receptions the week before that. Uh, Is McCaffrey in play?
1: McCaffrey is a a freak athlete, right? And and don't get what I'm about to say, take it wrong about him. But he needs touchdowns. And I don't trust that he gets the touchdowns close when they're at the five-yard line. Um, I actually do think Cam's going to play well this week. And so McCaffrey, I look at his last two games, he had 184 yards rushing in one, and he had over 15 targets the other against Atlanta. And he still only came in around, um, you know, 20 or so points on, at least on FanDuel, and on DK the one week with the receptions, he was obviously much higher. I, I just feel like he, ha- he has to be someone that gets in the box. Now, you could say that about any running back, to be honest, right? So the talent is there, they're coming off a bye, I just look at McCaffrey this week, and I'm willing to to say, you know what? For $600 more, give me Gordon, um, or I'd actually go to the other side in the game. I think Barkley has a, a breakout game that is going to come. Now, Carolina's run defense is is very good at home, um, so you know Barkley would be more of a tournament play. But I, I just feel like um, that there's something still there with McCaffrey where I feel, I don't feel like he's getting enough of the plays in the red zone yet. Um, and maybe we need more time to, to see them in, in the new offense this year. But he's someone that I'm I'm cautiously fading this week.
0: Talking to Steve Renick and find them scout DFS. Taking a look at wide receivers, uh, you talked about that Atlanta-Pittsburgh game where it's going to be high scoring. You got Antonio Brown, 9,100, Julio Jones, 8,500, and Juju Smith-Schuster, 7,500. Are you looking at any of those guys, or is that too expensive for you at wide receiver this week?
1: Well, you know, I said at the beginning, don't play a wide receiver anymore. And like I said, every week is different. This week is, I mean, you have to get exposure to the to to those receivers, in my opinion. If you're if you're starting your first lineup, and right, you want to put a lineup, that's the best optimal lineup out there. Um, to me, Juju Smith Schuster uh, has one of the better matchups uh, this week, and you get the price discount on him compared to Antonio Brown. Um, that's that's to me is a, is the top player of this game. I'm not really loving many of the Atlanta receivers. I think that with with Freeman coming back, that contributes to it. And this Atlanta offense we've seen over the years is not as explosive when they go outdoors on grass. Um, you know, they've had three straight home games, uh, which has really boosted up Matt Ryan. And it's funny, everyone has forgotten about the you know that first Thursday night game when he looked horrific. Um, and granted it was against the Eagles and and their home games have been against lesser defense. It's not a good D either, but I just don't, you know, I don't trust the, the Atlanta game for the price that you're going to have to pay on Julio or even the ownership that you're going to play, uh, on someone like Calvin Ridley, who is probably still too cheap at at 5,800. But to me, I I love Juju in this game. And, you know, Antonio Brown is is kind of the, the top receiver everywhere this week, but, if you're doing a comparison of two guys, I would much rather play Keenan Allen at 7,800 than Antonio Brown this week for, for 9,100 because that will allow me to, to get someone like Gurley at running back. And I do think that uh, that the Chargers are going to throw it enough and, and someone like Keenan Allen could have a huge game this week for the Chargers.
0: Tyler Boyd has been really productive. He's 5,700. He has at least 21 DK points at three straight games. You'll probably see A.J. Green get a lot of Xavier Howarders played well. Do you look at Boyd this week?
1: I don't. Uh, I know Chris Rose is always saying play Dalton on the road, not at home, and I, I kind of agree here this week. I I just don't like the game at all uh, for offense, and if you do get someone like Mixon who's going to be back in there, similar situation, I don't think that means that Bernard immediately comes out of the offense. Um, I, I, I see Cincinnati having to really do it on the ground, which is what New England uh, kind of relied upon last week against Miami as well. And it's just its not a spot that I want to take the, the long shot on top of the board this week with.
0: What do you do with the Rams wide receivers? It feels like they all produce every week. Uh, do you like any of them specifically this week against Seattle?
1: I like Cooper Cup. Um I, I think he's in a good spot because, just because, again, that the reception, he seems to be kind of that um, the guy that they'll get the most out of the spot. But the offense, you can take any of them this week. I, I'm on Gurley uh the most out of everyone there so i don't i don't have much love for uh for Cup or woods um but if you wanted to go with someone who i think is is always in play for for the home run call it, it's brandon cooks um and he can get behind that seattle secondary certainly now with earl thomas being out again uh, i think that he would be the one guy that you would take a shot with but there, there's really no reason for me to take uh those guys your your receivers this week um there's there's not much reason to go outside of that Pittsburgh Atlanta game, the Detroit receivers, obviously the Green Bay guys if, if any one of them uh, do play, and then uh, you know the Chargers and Raiders game. I, I think that those three games from uh, an aerial attack have depth of receiver uh, that you really want to focus on this week. Um, so for me, that's where you start with the, the kind of the value guys are going to be. You know maybe one of the Jacksonville guys like Keelan Cole. Uh, but so for these Rams guys, it's a it's a tournament play, and you know if you wanted to go Gurley and golf and and one of the Rams receivers that's a full stack, I would just ask who on Seattle do you think is going to maybe pull off a big play that that kind of keeps the game close or forces the Rams to keep airing it out? And there's nobody I can come up with, so no love for me this week on those guys.
0: I think if the injuries for the Packers turn out to be a couple of receivers missing the game. You're gonna see a lot of people try to get in Marquez Valdez Scantling to save salaries, thirty three hundred on DraftKings. I know we still have to kind of wait and see, but if he does wind up starting, do you envision yourself playing him or you think it'll be a disappointment, uh, and he'll be highly owned? Um
1: I'll be curious to see if he's highly owned. That that's something to keep an eye on and it would be worth. I don't mind playing. I mean, when you get down to that cheap, and and a guy gets highly owned, you really need a lot to go your way for him to not hit value. Um, it's the. It's like someone like the Julio Jones when he's fifty percent owned, he needs to do a lot to still hit his value. So it's easier for him to flop. So I'd be fine playing it if you're on the game, and and certainly if you're on Rogers. I, I don't think there's any reason to play a value receiver in this spot without going with, with Rogers. So that would be the situation to consider him, but it, it it has to be a spot where, you know, the green Bay receivers, all of them are out and, and he's definitely going to get, um, a good percentage of snaps.
0: What are you doing at tight end? Are you paying up for Ertz, Kelsey this week or looking to save money? Ertz has not scored a touchdown yet, but he has been getting a ton of targets and he did have 24 points on DK last week. So, do you see paying up for either of those guys, or are you going to save money at the position this week?
1: I'm going to save money at the position. Ertz, I think, will get a lot of catches in this game. Minnesota's been a little weak against tight end, and that's probably the best spot for Philly uh, this week. So Ertz, um, Ertz will probably be 5% owned, I'll be honest with you. I don't think anybody's going to pay up at, at tight end. If you, you know, certainly, you don't have Gronk. Um, Kelsey's in, in a tough matchup, and... It's just, a, it, it's a really bad position. Um, the, the play here this week is Vance McDonald at, at 3,700. Uh, he's a guy in that potentially high scoring game. Um, we've, we've seen Ben use him here. So it's, it's almost where I, I, look at this and I say, there's, there's really nobody else that I love, uh, a lot. So I'll take Vance. I'll eat the chalk at, at tight end and I'll, I'd much rather spend up at, at receiver. But if you do want to get different, um, uh, the only guy at the top that I really like is, is Zach Ertz. Or if you want to kind of go in the mid range, he hasn't been very good. Uh, but is Jimmy Graham.
0: Yeah. And I was going to ask you about him with the Packer receiver injuries. I think people will start to k- go gravitate towards him.
1: Yeah. You have to, you have to, right. And so, and it's, it's a red zone thing, certainly for, to get the touchdowns that they score down there. Um, it, I initially, I would much, I, you know, I've, Just if everybody's healthy, I would love Devontae Adams. But um, like you said, if all the receivers are out, Graham immediately comes up as as one of the more reliable targets here uh, this week. And he's 4,700. It's not too bad. So it's a way to get off the Vance McDonald chalk, uh, and it certainly goes to a game that I like more. But, I mean, I'll be honest, and I hate to say just lock in on on a couple of guys, but there's there's nothing here that that is – um appealing um you know maybe you could go to austin and jenkins and and kind of take a shot there but uh do not this is not a week where i'm looking to have to to roster two tight ends by any stretch of the imagination
0: yeah and it's been that way the position is just so decimated by injury right now it's it's pretty bad and uh obviously uh not much here to to choose from uh, especially gronk going tonight jordan reed on monday so it even thins it a little bit more you mentioned one defense you like, and that's Jacksonville at twenty eight hundred. Titans are very expensive uh, going against Buffalo because we've seen what they do. with they're four thousand and they're on the road. Any, uh, give us a couple of the defenses you you like this week.
1: So the I like the Jaguars, and I do think that they'll be low owned. I think uh, one of the safer or kind of middle plays, if you want, is Carolina uh, at home against the Giants. Um, just you know, Eli is a, a sitting duck back there, and, and the Giants. I saw a so good that over the last three seasons, the Giants have zero games where they've scored 30 points or more. Yeah.
0: I saw that too. Uh, um,
1: yeah. And that's, I think that's very telling about the offense. So Carolina is, is probably your, your base defense that you start with. And, and everything after that is, there's a lot of, um, I think sneaky plays. The jets to me are one that, uh, that I'm high on that Denver coming off a, a short week. They've been terrible in these East coast one o'clock games. I like them. And, you know, people are talking about the Titans. I actually, I, I think the Bills are going to play well. And one of my long shot plays at wide receiver this week is actually Zay Jones. But I think the Buffalo defense will play better this week. And if we're, if there's no defenses you like, it's a good spot to punt. They're 2,300. The Titans on the road haven't been as effective. Um, and we've seen, um, you know, Mariota at times get really careless with the ball. So start with Carolina, I think, this week. Your pivots are Jacksonville. Um, the Jets, and then if you want to take a, a real long shot, it would be Buffalo.
0: All right, that is Steve Renner. You can find him at ScoutDFS. Thanks for the time. Good luck this weekend.
1: All right, Adam, we'll see you.
0: Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Are you out at your Survivor Pool already? Fantasy Factor's second-chance Survivor Contest is now registering, so sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Roto, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.